Welcome to Combos at the Loan Signing Table, a podcast by Emerge Notary Agency, with your host, Altavis F. Flary, a seasoned notary and certified loan signing agent. Join Altavis for engaging discussions with first-time homeowners and industry insiders from diverse professional backgrounds. Together, we'll explore the nuances of the loan signing process and beyond, providing valuable insights and knowledge for the real estate and mortgage industry. Get ready for enlightening discussions that empower and inspire. Tune in and join us at the Loan Signing Table. It's so nice uh, for you to have me, Alpha. I appreciate it so much. You're welcome. Uh, my name is Barry Schmidt. My mm-hmm. company is Schmidt Construction Consulting. Mm-hmm. So I am a construction consultant. I help owners mm-hmm. of uh, construction projects get better outcomes with their projects. Okay. Um, a lot of times there's mistakes, delays, overruns, things aren't planned. There's always mm-hmm. something that's going wrong. Mm-hmm. And if an owner could bring in a professional project manager, it potentially could save them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that on my own for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, New York City to be exact. Yes, New, New York, York City based. Uh, mm-hmm. Go around, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. tri-state area, but mm-hmm. uh, it's New York City based. Okay. And I was um, a professional in the business for like 15 years before. That. Okay. So now, I've been around. Well, Barry, let's get right into it. Now, construction in New York City. What is the process of doing construction in New York City versus these other markets? Just tell the viewers what that looks like from your end. So... Uh, I guess it's from the owner's perspective where the investor wants to build a building. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of regulation, starting yeah. with the zoning. Mm-hmm. If they want to buy a piece of property, they have to understand what the zoning is. And okay. uh, usually that means they have to have an architect who understands. Right. And sometimes people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And from you know my point of view, the owner really needs to do his homework up front mm-hmm. and figure out how much money he's going to make on it before he ever buys. Mm-hmm. Because you find out later that I can't do this, I can't do that, um, it could really hurt. Uh, it's time and all the money, but, mm-hmm. and you know, we have the building department here. There's a lot of filing. Uh, Absolutely. Um, it takes a lot, a long time to prepare the documents for filing. And a mm-hmm. lot of times they don't get accepted the first time. Mm-hmm. So in order to hire an architect, they could spend three, four months drawing drawings and sign it for approval. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes they're not a hundred percent correct anyway, because it's so complicated mm-hmm. and they won't get a review for two, three, four months. And that can, that can hold off and on that. And it comes back process. rejected. Wow. You got to do it again. So that's eight months that you thought you were going to have an approval. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important for an owner to stay on top of that and have the right people and not take it for granted. Now, don't forget to download my new ebook. Well, I'll be providing the simplest steps of how to safeguard your critical documents through a loan signing after you close on your residential or investment property. Don't forget to download in the description bar below. Thank you so much for your support. Now back to this episode. Which segues is our next question. Let's go into about New York City and the zoning laws, Barry. Can you elaborate on what those zoning laws are like in, in New York City? What those steps are? And what do we, like the building code? You know, this, right. a, this process. There's so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the building code tells you what physically you have to do to make a building. Mm-hmm. And the zoning tells you how big it can be and what kind of it. Mm-hmm. So you're probably aware there's a... Housing shortage in New York City. They've been calling it a housing really? crisis. I didn't know that. You know why? <laughs> it's that. been that 100% yeah. of the time since I started. I don't want to tell you how many years ago, but it's getting worse. It's more out of it. So the zoning says I can build residential here, but I can only build commercial there. Right. And a lot of the zoning now is out of date. Mm. Um, there's a lot of old school manufacturing that's mm-hmm. empty and right. commercial since COVID. Mm-hmm. And it really needs to be changed to residential so people can build residential. Okay. And it isn't. And that's a lot of, it's very political. 
So that's one thing that's important because then imagine if they change the zoning one and they're doing it piece by piece. Mm -hmm. A huge swath of land, like Flushing was rezoned 10 years ago. Okay. Well, Flushing, Flushing Queens. Flushing Queens, right, right where we are at City Field and the surrounding area. Right. And um, all of a sudden there's a ton of development here that never was before because it wasn't allowed. Mm -hmm. So the city, that's the law. You can only build this, you can only build it this high. Right. Why not make it this high? Because right. there's not enough room for houses. That's, that's, that, that's so true. And you see how Queens now is expanding. Because you, remember, and, um, when I wanted to ask you, the difference between Brooklyn zoning laws and Manhattan and now Queens, which borough do you think would be the easiest? Or is it such a thing? We all pretty much equal on that plane. Still. Yeah, I think um, the laws are the same everywhere. But okay. Plots of land are categorized to a zoning category. Mm -hmm. So the zoning categories in New York and Manhattan mm -hmm. are more restricted. Because okay. people didn't want to mess with it. Meanwhile, in Brooklyn, now it's already 20 plus years. Queens, the Bronx, people, they wanted to revitalize, so they changed the zoning. Mm -hmm. So it's it's easier out of the box. Mm -hmm. Everything's more difficult in Manhattan. Right. And dealing with the bureaucracy is more difficult because there's so many people and you have to wait a lot longer on the lines. Mm -hmm. And you have some big companies there and it's just everything takes long. That's definitely true. Now, here's my next question for you. Now, what's the typical cost for construction process, especially in New York City? Mm -hmm. What can the, the projects range from? I know that's a Broad question, but it's a very give, broad me, question. give me an example of what a typical. Yeah, price one of the things I reach so to speak to owners is don't just follow the cookie cutter because a lot of people will say residential multifamily building will be three hundred dollars a square foot. Right. So if it's three hundred, it's a hundred thousand square feet. It's three hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. If I do the math, like a three million, thirty million, whatever the number is. Right. But each building is different. Some, you know, the you, layout is different. Right. I could build a building. Give me an example, like a three hundred square feet. What is I that? Could like build two? five thousand and yeah. five thousand out of ten thousand square foot building. Okay. Or I could build one of those things on Fifty Seventh Street, Fifty Ninth Street. That's a thousand, 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 going all the way up so to that's here. That's high And okay. This one's going to be a lot cheaper per square foot than this one up here with the big elevator and every floor is this big and everything's cramped. And yet we keep building. We're right. building up. So the builder has to understand, okay, it's not always 300 a foot. It's not always 20. Like I said with the zoning, before you even buy it, I even say before you're interested in a property, before you even put in an offer, pass it by an architect and pass it by someone mm -hmm. like myself or a construction company mm -hmm. who can assess Mm -hmm. The drawings or the architect says you can build so much. They call it an envelope, mm -hmm. um, a massing diagram. They could do on an envelope or a, a napkin. Okay. And someone could say, all right, I think it's going to be so much, so much, so much. Mm -hmm. And then it may not be 200. It may be 400. It may be 100. Wow. So I think for a good investor to understand, they could say no mm -hmm. on the things that are, could be too expensive. Okay. And yes, on the things that maybe aren't going to be so expensive, but they have to do their homework. Which segues to my next question. What has been the longest construction project you have ever been on in New York City? I know you got experience. That's like that. a loaded question. Yeah. Um, you see, where you had to come back, and there was always something. I mean, I know it doesn't exist in New York. I'm just being sarcastic. I don't wanna, but I know it does. We, well, no, you're not, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> I know, right? But just if, um, you, can, if you can expound on that. Right, because yeah. it's very hard to finish. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of normal constructions, I worked on some very big projects. Okay. Um, Which barrels? In Manhattan. Um, it was like the same Ritz Hotel that went on for years, mm. but it kind of went and got together and was done. So recently in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, for example. Okay, my borough. It's okay. borough. Right. And um, we renovated a landmark movie theater. You know how landmark is. You know how Oh, yeah, be. that's kind of what I was referring to. You don't know how long that's going to take. Yeah, I know. That alone set, you know, the schedule back six to nine months because 
the people who started doing it didn't understand how long it was going to take. Yeah. So that project never wanted to end. And um, it literally went on for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And in terms of my involvement, it was, there was a hiatus. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, there was a, there was a mistake in the architectural drawings. It was approved incorrectly. Wow. So that can, so that can go through. It. And did you guys catch it in time or? Who was responsible at the end of the day? The owner and the architect. So actually we can we caught it okay. before construction, but after it was approved and mm -hmm. after landmarks approval. So yeah. we said, whoa, we got a lawyer. He says, you can't build this because one day someone's going to see this. Because it had to do with stuff sticking out onto the sidewalk, mm -hmm. which anybody could notice walking by. Mm -hmm. You'll get sued and your building will close. So you have to fix it now. Right. So we had to stop, go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. That's part of why it was so long. And it was like another year. Redraw it. We go back to landmarks. We go back. Okay, we have a construction company. Can we keep them busy? Yeah, we kept them busy for a year, but we couldn't finish. Because it was so always that made it even added. more expensive. Yeah. Right. And then it kept adding and adding. Yeah. So one of the things I say to my clients or the owners is, Decide at the beginning exactly what you want for the most part and make a commitment to the colors, how the floor looks, how many, the layout you've talked about, mm -hmm. how many apartments, is it condos, is it rentals, is it going to be retail? Right. Make that decision and stick to it, hopefully, unless there's a big problem. Mm -hmm. And then it'll get done quicker and cheaper because it won't be stopped constantly changing everything. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a plus, uh, Barry, which segues to my next question. Now, since this pandemic, how has this comes with your construction company, material, human capital? What has been the challenges you have encountered or have you not encountered and is still, business is still going as expected? What has been, you know, your experience so far? Well, for me as a business owner, and I had aspirations when I started 20 years ago, making it bigger and there's a time I tried to reach that. Right. And the human resource, human capital issue for me as a small business person at that time right. was... Um, cumbersome and it, I decided uh, kind of keep it small and bring on help when I needed which is now the model right and it wasn't the model 20 years ago okay so you was ahead of it I was ahead of it out of necessity not because I said I'm going to start a business out of my laptop right. and work virtual right. or remote but mm -hmm. yeah I had an office um it was became cost prohibitive. There was so much in the rent and salaries mm -hmm. and paperwork. I, I pulled back and I said, okay, in the future, if I, when I get big enough, I'll do it. Right. And it never made sense for me personally for whatever my lifestyle, my business right. way of doing things. Mm -hmm. But I kept it small. But it is expensive. People have to be very careful hiring the right people. That is true. Especially in construction, Barry. In construction. You know. And I know a it's lot a of people are understaffed in construction. They don't have enough workers. Right. So the guy, the contractor may have five projects. Mm -hmm. Hello, can I have you come tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he won't come for two weeks because he only has five workers mm -hmm. and they're on five different buildings all over Brooklyn, mm -hmm. as an example. Mm -hmm. So human capital, it's expensive. It's hard to find good people. Good people. and Qualified good people. Yeah, right? because then they could cost the owner a lot of money if they're not qualified. I think it's labor issues too, like get those union cards. You think that all plays a factor, especially in, 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 our, in our city. Important. And it's very, and you can get in trouble now. Let's get these fines. Is it, it's not worth it. What well, you bring up union. I mean, I know it's, uh, thought of this earlier. When I started in the 80s, mm -hmm. and it was mostly in Manhattan, every project was union. Every project was union. Mm -hmm. And so all the workers were union and they had to be qualified in the union and part of the union. So at some point that changed, which I think was a good thing. Okay. And, uh, you've talked about inclusivity. It was not very inclusive in those days um, because there were only certain people historically in certain unions at that time and before. That's true. Yes. And then a lot of that was challenged in the 90s, kind of, and then it opened up. And now non-union, so the owners of construction companies, now, 
do not have to hire union people. Um, so it's controversial. Some people say they're not as well trained and they don't get paid as much. And then the other person it's high would say, risk too, Barry, because something happens. They'd rather, well, take, they'd rather take that risk, I guess, for low some labor, Some do, right? some don't. The owners don't want to pay okay, the premium. And a lot of workers can't get into that hurdle, overcome that obstacle to join the union. So in another way, if a good construction company hires a person, they're not in the union and they're trained on the job mm -hmm. and they're good people and good workers, they can get a job where 10, 20, 30 years that they never could get a job. Ah. So... Actually, unions in terms of the private construction, except for like the so central Manhattan 80-story buildings mm -hmm. and a lot of government projects mm -hmm. are not union anymore. And I think if someone calls me, I'm an investor in Brooklyn, That's they are not going to want to build union and they're, they're not going to build union because no one's going to pay for it. And these days, even the union doesn't expect it anymore. And they're not going to challenge it. Whereas even 15 years ago, they may have challenged. Which takes me to my next question, diversity. How important is diversity to you, especially in this new era, you know, 2023, everybody, collaboration, you know, how important to you is diversity? Is it needed? Oh, I mean, especially if you live in this melting pot, five barrels, right. all backgrounds, you know, we all come together. How important to, is diversity to you, Barry? I think it's important because, um, like I said, in those days, there were not only a union, there were no women. No women. On a construction site. Right. And I was involved with the bill. No one. And people used to joke in our, um, yeah. on the job, the people I work with. Yeah, construction site's like a prison because it's all men and it's all dirty and filthy. <laughs> Why are you ladies? And other right. things. Yeah. And then kind of same time, all of a sudden there was women. Yeah. All of a sudden the rules relaxed. It became more inclusive. And right. then. Which is good. Right? Yes, because mm -hmm. then what good is it only hiring certain people and then all these other people have talent right. and you can't utilize their skills. Right. So it really is not a good thing. I, I, so diversity is important. Mm -hmm. It's super important. I think people have to get trained so they and get, and, do and, a good and, job. And get adjusted to it. Right. You know, especially in this age, I think yeah. we have to be aware. I believe sometimes they feel like, you know, construction is dirty. It's a, man's, it's a man's job and I get that. But there's a place that women and, and even, you know, other women of different backgrounds mm -hmm. can play a role because construction it's a lot of money it's true in, in, in and you know not too many years ago there were no women flying in combat or in the combat and okay in the marines right yeah now there are so that shows so, you the times are changing right times are changing and it changed in construction to when there are jobs women can do yeah and i, and I think, and I think it's good if you look in new york you drive across the five boroughs in brooklyn i see women now like they got the flags right, up. Get the flag you never saw that in the 80s 70s you know and i was like okay I just make sure when I'm driving that, you know, pay attention because these ladies like we're so, you know, you have to respect it. And I think it's a good thing. And, it, and hopefully it evolves and, and it gets better. I think it has been. And then we get a, there's a lot of focus on it and yeah. we're going to make further progress. Absolutely. Now, Barry, now everyone, if they wanted to find you and reach out to you and uh, find out more about the construction company, please tell them, the viewers, how they can connect with these. Um, well, my phone number, it's very easy to catch me there. 212 Okay. Four nine. So sorry. Four nine five nine one one seven. Are you on any, any socials right now? LinkedIn? Yes. Um, LinkedIn. You can type my name, Barry Schmidt, mm -hmm. Schmidt Construction Consulting, or my website, www.schmidtconcon.com. So it's Schmidt, C-O-N-C-O-N, Construction Consulting. Got it. Got it. Com. And also, too, Barry, we're going to also put all your information up in our under the channel so we get this content out here. Super awesome. Reach out to you. Barry, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about our guests, don't forget to check out Emerge Notary Agency YouTube channel description box. And also, don't forget 
to share this podcast.